Yes, my friends, how's it going? This is episode 14 of the Modern Day Leader. And come on, if you're not excited about Christmas now, I don't know when you will be. For me, I start actually thinking about Christmas in September, then October, and then all of a sudden November. I'm like literally counting down the days. I cannot wait. I'm still as excitable as a kid who's like six years old. I absolutely love it. And just before we go into today's podcast, I want to share what I think is a funny story. So I don't know what age you were, right, when you found out that Father Christmas didn't exist, but I was absolutely gutted when I found out. But here's how I found out. So what my parents used to do is they used to like leave a mince pie for Santa and then I think it was a carrot for Rudolph. And then I would come down the stairs in the morning and be like, oh my gosh, there's just like the crumbs were left. So Santa's obviously had the mince pie and there's been like a bite out of the carrot. So Rudolph's had some of this carrot. I was like, yeah, you know, that kind of like reinforced that Santa really did come down the chimney, even though we didn't have a chimney in our house. But how I found out was when I was about six years old, I went down the stairs, opened the door this was about 10 o'clock at night. My parents thought I was asleep, but I couldn't sleep because I was so excited because I thought I was going to get this bike. And I actually saw my dad eating this mince pie off the plate, which I knew it was the same plate that he left for Santa. So that was when I started questioning whether Santa was real or not. So I just thought I'd share that with you because I think that's quite funny. But at the same time, I remember being mortified. I remember that Christmas was probably the worst Christmas I've ever had in my entire life because, yeah, this realisation that Father Christmas... Um, what was was actually probably just the caretaker <laughs> at my school. And that's that's another true story. The caretaker at my old primary school used to dress up as Father Christmas. Um, I, I, I don't know why I didn't probably clock on a little bit sooner. But anyway, I've gone off a little bit of a tangent. You can obviously tell I'm excited about Christmas. I just thought I'd share something there. So episode 14. Today, I'm going to share with you the principles that I live by. These are principles that I've been living by for pretty much the last decade. And I'm going to share with you seven principles. Now, these principles are relevant to me. In my opinion, these are things that are like been really, really important to me. So let's delve in. So the first thing that I absolutely swear by is that I save 10 to 20% of my income. So anything that I generate each month, I put 10 to 20% away and I invest into things that go up into value. So whether that's property, you know, we bought our own house, we've got properties in Edinburgh as well. Uh, I also put money in a pension and stocks and shares. And what this does is it gives me financial freedom. Now, growing up, I, and even up until maybe like five years ago, I think I had a bit of like a, a money mindset issue. Like I always thought that like, to be rich was like you were greedy, basically. And this wasn't from my parents. I don't know where I developed this belief because, you know, I came from a, a pretty good background, like pretty much kind of like a middle class background or somewhere between like working class and middle class. Like we, we weren't poor, but we weren't like mega rich. So I don't really know where this kind of belief came from. But I was always a bit like worried about talking about money. Like money is not, not the root of all evil, but like just just try and be humble. And I'm still obviously humble to this day. But I started to realize that actually I was viewing money in a negative way. I was viewing it as like me not feeling worthy enough to receive the money that I was getting. And actually, I've changed my relationship with it, you know, through doing a lot of work with, with my coach over the year, recognizing that actually money is just an exchange in energy. And the more value, the more you can actually help people, the more that you're entitled to be compensated for the stuff that you're doing. So I kind of changed my relationship with money. I'd also realized that for me, money isn't about kind of like showing off and like driving around in like a Porsche 911 or, or, or some kind of car or wearing a Rolex. For me, money, it gives me safety. It gives me security. It allows me to spend things that I value. So I value my own education. I, um, I value like 
my my property i value being able to give my kids opportunity so my relationship with money has changed a lot and i mentioned this in the episode where i talked about the 10 books that i read that changed my life but i read a book probably about 12 or 15 years ago called rich dad poor dad and that is an amazing book i'd recommend it if you're interested in, in building wealth then yeah you've got to read or listen to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But that changed my perspective. And from reading that book, I basically just started to save 10 to 20% of my income. I would have like a bit of a rainy day pot so that I always know that, you know, I've got say at least six to 12 months to be able to live off. And then anything past that, I would then invest into like stocks and shares, pensions, property. And I've seen over the years by me just investing 10 to 20%, that kind of portfolio grow massively. And that's given me safety and security. It means that I have freedom with what I choose. I don't, you know, I can choose who I work with. I'm not, I don't feel the pressure of like having to, you know, live kind of like month to month. So that's one principle that has absolutely changed the game, something I'm really proud of. And it's given me a lot of opportunities and a lot of um, security to be able to, yeah, to live a comfortable life, basically. The second principle that I live by is that I spend 10 to 20% of my income on personal growth. So this is separate from savings. Savings is all to do with investments and I save 10 to 20%. But I also spend 10 to 20% of my income on hiring coaches, mentors, buying books, attending courses, because I honestly believe that you are the most valuable asset to invest in, even more so than investing into those things that I've just mentioned. Because by investing into yourself, that is going to then reflect in the quality of life that you can live. And from my experience, the people that I look up to the most are constantly investing in themselves. They all have coaches and mentors, no matter what level you get to. I've been a coach for 15 years and I still have a fitness coach. And it's not necessarily because I need a fitness coach. It's because I want to keep getting better. I never want to stop learning. And even like my my business coach, my business coach is a multimillionaire. He's 35 years old, he's a multimillionaire and he still has coaches. He still has business coaches. So it doesn't matter what level you get to, you've got to invest into yourself, whether that is reading books, whether that is going on courses or doing like a yeah a face-to-face course or an online course or hiring your own coach. You know, even to this day, I mentioned this on one of my podcasts, I, I invest anything from like 1,500 to 1,800 pounds a month on, on my personal coaches, my fitness coach, my mindset coach and my business coach. And it's the best money that I spend because it gives me progress it gives me growth it gives me access to some really high performing people and what I invest into myself has come back in leaps and bounds every single penny that I've invested into myself and I figured out that I've invested over £120,000 on myself over the last decade or so has manifested into so much more than what I've actually spent if that makes sense so spending money on yourself in my opinion is like so so important it's something that I will continue to do forever and when I started you know I didn't have a lot of money I was absolutely skint really for the first couple of years when I started my business we were living off Sally's wage she was on about eight pounds an hour so all I could afford then was like you know books and like really kind of things that weren't particularly expensive but then as I started to learn the books and apply what I learned I then started to earn more money and then with the bigger increases in money I could then afford to pay to pay for coaches and mentors etc so that's the second principle that I live by the third one kind of moving off those two topics the third one is that I 
exercise I train four times per week all year round. So that means that I do 200 workouts a year and I've been doing that for over 20 years. Honestly, like if I had to change my middle name, it would be consistency. That is something that I'm extremely proud of. I'm not the most talented. I'm not the most gifted, um, but I am really freaking consistent. Like I can live like a monk, like pretty much every single day and just do the basics. And that's what I believe has allowed me to get to the position that I'm in with my business and with my physique. And it's something that I'm really proud of. So for me, training four times per week, I know that if I do that, I eat better, I sleep better. And it's like kind of the hub of a lot of my routine. So that's the fourth thing that I do. I always train four times a week. And if for whatever reason, say I get sick or ill, or say that, you know, we've got, we've got like a trip to Edinburgh coming up. I know that for four of those days, I won't be able to train that week. So I'll only train three times that week. But the week after, I'll do five sessions. If I was to be ill for a week and have to miss four sessions, then I would add an extra session a week for the next four weeks until I catch up. So I make a commitment to averaging four sessions per week. And that for me has had a profound impact on my health, my fitness, and not only like my, my health and fitness, but like my mental health as well. It's had, it made such a difference. And I know that for me, that is the biggest domino. You know, imagine you've got a row of dominoes. You have to push the first one over for the rest to follow. For me, four, four times a week training, that is the domino. That if I push that, everything else falls into place. The fourth principle that I live by, and I, I think I've mentioned this before, like on social media and, and maybe in one of my podcasts, but every single day I write down in my diary, three things that I'm grateful for. And I always think of something new every single day. And this is one thing I realized with, with clients. One of the questions that I ask in the weekly check-in form that clients submit is, what are your top three wins for the week? And I have a lot of clients that find it easy. And I have quite a few clients, especially when we start working together, not used to this, they find it difficult. Like, well, well what is a win? Well, a win can be anything. A win could be having food in your cupboard, water to be able to drink, a roof over your head, having friends, family, being able to read, write, walk, talk, think, speak, whatever it may be. But every single day I write down three things that I'm grateful for because that for me puts things in perspective. That for me reminds me of things that I'm grateful for. So it's shifting my brain into gratitude and gratitude in my opinion is one of the most powerful emotions because it makes you feel grateful for what you've got. The the fifth thing is balancing out my emotions. So whenever I'm feeling high and like cocky, like things are going well, I'm smashing life, I humble myself and realize that there's so much further that I can go. Whenever I'm feeling low, I remind myself that there are thousands of people out there who would love to have my problems. Like there's always going to be someone that's better off than you. So therefore you should stay humble and strive for more. But there's also always going to be somebody out there who has worse issues than you. So therefore you've got to remind yourself that actually there's a lot of people out there that would love to have the problems that you've got. The sixth thing is that I eat well 80% of the time. So I have about 21 meals a week. I have breakfast, lunch and dinner. Times that by seven, that's 21 meals. Now, 80 out of 21 of those meals are healthy, like good quality, single ingredient foods, chicken, meat, fish, rice, potatoes, you know, fruit, veg, all that good stuff. Then the other two to three meals, I'm relaxed, I'm flexible, I just eat what I want. And again, by being consistently good rather than occasionally great, another one of my favorite quotes, that's allowed me to stay in shape. The seventh principle is that I take full responsibility for my life. Nobody owes me anything. If I want something, it's up to me to go after it. I'm not a victim of my circumstances. I am the master of my own destiny. So I take full ownership of my life. And if I'm not happy with something or how I'm feeling, 
it's up to me to change it. And honestly, guys, I've lived by these principles for the last decade, and it's safe to say they've changed my life. So on quick reflection, save 10 to 20% of my income, invest it to things that go up in value. Say, spend 10 to 20% of my income on personal growth, hiring mentors, coaches, buying books. The third thing is training at least four times a week and averaging 200 workouts a year. The fourth thing is writing down three things that I'm grateful for each day. The fifth thing, balancing out my emotions whenever I'm feeling high, humble myself whenever I'm feeling low, remind myself of how lucky I am and that there are people out there that would love to have the problems that I have. Number six is eating well 80% of the time. So 18 out of 21 meals that I eat each week are healthy and nutritious. The rest are very flexible. And then the seventh thing is I take full responsibility for my life. Like I realize that nobody owes me anything. And if I want something, it's up to me to go after it. So just wanted to share it with you. These are the principles that I kind of live by that have really made a big, big difference. So I would love to know, like, did any stand out? And out of like the seven that I've talked about, is there any that you feel like actually if I started to apply that to my own life, even if it's just one thing, it would have a profound impact. I would love to hear from you. So if you listen to this episode and you think, actually, you know what, this is really resonant resonated with me please drop me a message i would love to hear from you so thanks so much for listening guys not long till christmas um, and i will join you on the next episode